Welcome back again to the Heavy Shelf Podcast. I'm your host, David Richards. With me, as uh, you say always, but let's be honest, it's getting a little scattered here and there now. So we're going to say, <laughs> as much as he can, Luca. Hello, audience. <laughs> I am here. <laughs> Moose. Yeah, I'm here this week Is also well. with us. Sorry, I have no intro. I'm a little distracted. By the suspicious chipperness of Luca. <laughs> I have Almost nothing as planned. <laughs> he's excited that he has an alibi that's on recording or something. He's like, yes. I could not have been in... <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to cut that joke off now. Yeah, a ba- man We're in the joke. It's not here. going well. Uh, so, <laughs> we're going to get this train back on the rails, even though we have not even started the train. We got a few things we're going to cover today. It's been you know, mixed bag. We're about to, I imagine next week it's going to be a lot of stuff. But for now, we're just getting started with BlizzCon. There's some early Death Stranding reviews coming up. And then we're going to touch a little bit on Epic Game Store. And they're kind of slow roll and finally trying to compete with Steam. Well, they're not quite there yet. We'll get more into that. But BlizzCon, what have we seen so far? We've seen rumors, nothing official yet, but what do you guys think is more likely to be true? I assume we're talking about the uh, the rumors of Overwatch 2, Electric yeah, yeah. Boogaloo. Uh, oh, I had no clue what we were talking about. And... Uh, honestly? BlizzCon, uh, you know, it's a convention from Blizzard. Yeah, I, I, I know that much. Okay. That's all I got. <laughs> yeah, um... <laughs> Yeah, we're going to talk about the potential nice stuff before we get into the potential protests. But Overwatch 2, um, Luca, you've played Overwatch. Moose, I yes, take you I, I have played Overwatch, yeah. I have, but uh, just like once at a friend's house. Okay. Yeah, so I don't... I mean, I played Honor a lot of Overwatch. What's up? I said Honor is best here to change my mind. Sorry, go on. Yeah, um, I've played a lot of Overwatch back in the day. It's been a while, so it's kind of hard to uh, get back into it per se. I don't know what they're going to be doing with Overwatch 2 well, I've heard some that words. will convince me to get back in, you know? Okay, yeah, that, well, that's a different We story. really don't know what the, uh, what the whole angle with this... Um with this Overwatch 2 is. Yeah, it's Because there's not too much information out other than new game modes and a co-op mode. Well, from what I understand, it all comes from uh, an article, from what I've seen, it all comes from an article from ESPN where uh, there's there's an inside source and an inside training document for BlizzCon that talks about an Overwatch 2, right? So, as far as I know, they haven't actually shown the training document or named their source, so... Who knows if it's even happening, for one thing. Yeah, but assuming it is, the stuff that they've talked about, new maps, new heroes, it's all stuff that's like, all right, why is this the second? So uh, I'm, I'm getting very big uh, Fortnite P- Chapter 2 vibes from PvE. this. PvE. More than anything. That seems to be the big thing is, hey guys, we're going to have PvE in a 
co-op campaign with a story this time. Yeah. Which I guess kind of makes sense because they do have the whole like backstory built up with all the characters that they've shown through the film. So there is a base sort of story in the universe that they could work off of and do like a, you know, Left for Dead slash Vermintide or whatever you, you know, want to compare it to style like running around thing. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel, I don't know, it, it almost seems like, what are you doing, right? Because I feel like that's a different uh, audience that you're trying to appeal to at that point, personally. You know? I, I feel like the competitive, uh, you know, first-person shooter uh, market is probably a little bit different than the... Like, I mean, don't get me wrong, there are people that are going to want to play both, but it, it's just a little bit of a different... Uh, game almost you know and that seems to be the thing they're really pushing uh a lot in in all the rumors i've seen floating around is pve 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 i mean it's not necessarily something that's gonna if 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 it is his own game that was a whole lot of ifs if it is is i'm if overwatch 2 is its own game there we go i got there eventually um I can see how that might be a poor design choice. If it is just a fancy name for big content update, which I don't like that trend. I hope it's not, um, but I think it is going to be. Then there's really no harm into adding PVE other than, you know, casual players who don't like the competitive side as much as casual side, I guess. Um, they'll have the ability to do it, but I don't. I don't see anything from it that I mean of course I'm not very interested in Overwatch as it is but there's nothing that I see with the perspective announce of Overwatch 2 that makes me go ooh that isn't the least bit mildly interesting you know it just it's there people are talking about it I guess yes yeah. I don't I don't know yeah well, I think all we, of it's overshadowed by the potential protest either way yeah that's that's true from from what I've seen right now the uh, blizzard protests are much more here's a uh, free shirt that says free hong kong on it but i mean that's still that's still some activity either way there hasn't been any at least last i checked any actual uh acting on the protests well last i heard like interference or blizzard trying to kick them out or anything like that last i heard blizzard um did away with the q a session for this blizzcon what to help prevent like, I guess, shenanigans. Shenanigans, quote unquote. Well, I mean, they can't give Redshirt guy a chance to say something. Because every time Redshirt man steps up, he knocks it out of the park. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, like, I, I definitely uh, think that that's a sort of defensive strategy that they've taken up. The thing about it, from my perspective, is, like, I mean, it's nice to see that people haven't lost interest already, but um, have have either of you seen anything? Because, of course, it just started. BlizzCon just started, but has anyone seen anything about, like, you said it was largely just, like, seemed to be uh, people handing out T-shirts. Um, mm-hmm. Has anyone seen anything about maybe, like, the size of this thing? You know, is, it, is this going to be one of those things where, like, it's, like, three three people standing in the corner? You know, going like re. It, it seems to be quite a lot. Um, not necessarily like you look and you see just a sea of free Hong Kong protesters. Um, but there was someone had pulled up like a like a van across the street, and there was like a big LED board that 
had, you know, democracy and freedom or some, something along those lines pulled up to it. So, so it's not just a random person here and there. Okay. Um, but at the same time, it doesn't seem to be anything particularly big yet. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I think it, I think it might be a case of them not wanting to appear as bad guys for going into a gaming convention, which is supposed to be lighthearted and fun, and then souring the mood and causing a big ruckus. That would make sense to me. Yeah, as, as far as what I've seen online, I've seen people more excited to go cause a ruckus for BlizzCon than to actually go hear announcements. And that might oh, be yeah. because yeah. of what happened last year. You know, do you guys not have phones? That whole situation. Yeah, no, I'm much, I'm much more excited about the protest than I am about anything they could possibly announce, including an Overwatch 2, right? I, I rather just get, like, a good, like, funny protest moments, BlizzCon 2019, like, playlist out of this than, than well, Overwatch 2. Well, the, uh, the Warcraft 3 Reforged, I don't know if that was recently announced or that's been a thing and I just missed it. That piqued my interest. I'm not even a big Warcraft player, but that, that game was, yeah, that, that game was what I grew up around. And I'm I'm just interested to see, you know, the return of all sorts of these uh, mini games in Warcraft Three. Like, of course, the original Dota. How how crazy would it be to have the original Dota in Warcraft Three remastered? That'd be pretty cool. Um, and then there was a Battleships game mode that I always enjoyed to watch because I was too young to play. Um, also because I, I mean, I'm bad at RTS games. So I'm probably as good now as I was back then. But that's that's the only thing. And that's kind of interesting for the only thing that they announced that interests me in the slightest to be a remaster of a game that's, you know, over a decade old. Yeah. So it looks like we just got an update. I'm going to put this in the link for the chat. Um, so if you're not watching live, you're missing out. Look at that. Yeah, you don't this even was get the three... link. <laughs> This is three minutes ago. Uh, every Friday at uh, 2 p.m. EST, for, for those of you listening later. Yeah, this was uh, three minutes ago. Um, we moved too quickly. Blizzard president apologizes for Hong Kong incident. Ooh. Is that the picture of Blizzard's president right there? I mean, if it is, that makes sense. I mean, there are game developers. What do you expect? Like Steve Jobs? Yeah. It kind of looks like, I mean, I don't know what any... Like a game developer? What any members of Metallica look <laughs> like, but I presume that's what they look like. You don't know what any... Okay. So, um, I'm going to go ahead and read off of this. Before BlizzCon's opening ceremony, Blizzard President J. Allen Brack somberly addressed the crowd with an apology for Blizzard's harsh punishment of Hearthstone Esports Pro Chung Blitz Chung I don't even know. Is that know. a typo? How do you pronounce NG? I'm not sure. Yeah, no, that that I have seen his name written that uh, that way every time I have seen it, and I have yet to have any idea how to pronounce <laughs> it. And everyone I've seen talk about this has just called him Blitzchung, right? Yeah, let's just stick and with I'm Blitzchung. Convinced, I'm convinced <laughs> yeah. that I'm convinced that no one knows how to say that name, including him himself. That is my working <laughs> theory. Anyway, so, continue. Brack, Brack went further. Blizzard had the opportunity to bring the world together in a tough Hearthstone esports moment about a month ago, and we did not. I'm sorry, and I accept accountability. He said, pausing for applause. And then that's also, all it ends with. Now, um, can I don't think that's good enough, though, because I remember the list of demands was very clearly reverse 
any of the fire, uh, firing, like no suspension. He's still suspended for six months. I mean, we don't have the Hong Kong Mayskin for Overwatch. <laughs> that was one of the demands too. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. you know what? Yeah, do it. <laughs> we demand skins. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, it's something. I mean, I, I don't know. I can get is this genuine or is this what they are trying to do to make sure nothing gets out of hand at BlizzCon? I, I can get why people would applaud the statement, but to me, it's like not good enough. You know, like I still want my playlist. <laughs> no, like um, it, legitimately though, it's like it, it's exactly what you're saying. Is it's like, is this legit, or is this, yeah, you know, just just trying to keep the crowd calm, keep them happy, throw them a bone without actually doing anything is what this seems like to me. Right, because yeah, I know that they uh, they reduced Blitzchung's shall we say punishment sentence. Uh, I don't quite know how to phrase it right. Yeah, um, sentence is a grim way to put it. Period, and they they yeah. gave him back or they gave him his earnings, right? His winnings from uh, the championship. Um, I get all that, but like, and and to be fair, you know, I guess that is the most important thing in a way. Um, but. Beyond that, I don't think they've really done anything besides say, oh, sorry, G, G. Willikers, we're really sorry about that, guys. Please don't burn our convention to the ground. Oh, geez, we're so sorry. Anyway, moving on to yeah, our new announcement. The, um, the story just updated. All he said after that was, we will do better going forward, but our actions are going to matter more than any of these words. So a good action would be to maybe... Completely reword that rule you had, so it's more specific. <laughs> I, um, yeah. And I would even say like a warning system or like some kind of levels to this, because the man simply said, "You know, free Hong Kong, revolution of our time," which are facts. Sometimes people need to know, like, hey, you know, when you're wondering, free Hong Kong, when is it time? <laughs> like, when is the revolution <laughs> time? It's kind of this is the one. It's our time. Yeah. Like, this, this is the this legit is the one. revolution of our time, yes. Yeah, and so it's like, hey, fair. He didn't say XYZ violent thing to Winnie the Pooh over there, you know? He didn't say anything <laughs> oh like that. Oh, my God. And then they were just like, fastest band hammer ever. <laughs> All that was left was a pile the of The band hammer had an area of effect. It like it, They, they Reinhardted that dude because yeah, it they, like spread out. Yeah. It hit the... Um, casters as well the presenters yeah yeah which so, yeah that, we'll see was, we'll that see most, that to me that was the most ridiculous part of the story is it didn't like it, it was one thing right to punish a guy for for an action right it's an entirely different thing to punish a guy for being there when someone else did something and not one guy two people lost their their i think they lost their jobs uh doing that because they happen to be the people on screen when he he made his statement, which that's uh, that's ridiculous. yeah. I honestly I think they should have done even more with this apology. They could have gone line by line. We were wrong for this. We were wrong for that Blizzard account that went out and said we stand by China always and all this stuff. Then it's like Jesus Christ, are you guys you a game developer so or propaganda machine? Would you go so far as to call this a weak sauce apology? Yes. I think it's a weak sauce apology. <laughs> is is that an official official term there? Yes. 
It is I, I have been a diplomat for many, many years, and I can tell you, in, <laughs> in the circles I run in, weak sauce is what everyone says. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm throwing this in the category with yeet and gibbs, for the record. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. So Excellent. we're going to yeet on to the next subject. Um, <laughs> I know I'm not using that right at all. <laughs> but it's happened, and we're in this world now. You've, you've gone with me. That was a oh, pretty wait, uh, weak wait, spy's transition. trying to pull us back. I see something in the comments. China doesn't like Hong Kong. Blizzard gets a lot of their funding from Chinese sponsors. Therefore, they don't want to do anything that will make China mad. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're trying to have their cake and eat it, too. They're trying oh. to say, hey, we're sorry, but also China, please give us some money. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> and I think everyone you know understands uh, how the situation is working. It's why you've been seeing not just Blizzard but other game companies too come out with these mobile games. They're not made for the American market; they're made for the Chinese market. It's not just that they get funding from uh, Chinese companies; it's that the Chinese gaming market is like uh, several times larger than the American gaming market. Right? Yeah, and apparently and they have no shyness about spending money on like microtransactions and stuff. And, uh, yeah, no, and, and that's, yeah, that's another thing is that, uh, we, I think part of the reason we have issues with microtransactions is because we had a long time where those weren't a thing and all of a sudden we're like, excuse me, what? But if you're just coming into the market now, you're like, what do you mean microtransactions are bad? They're everywhere. What are you talking, you know, like, anyway, so that, that seems to be a large part of the reason. And that was the brilliance in the idea of using May as a, a symbol for the Hong Kong protest, because the idea is to get Overwatch just entirely banned in China. And mm-hmm. it's not as if that's like an unreasonable thing to assume will happen because, you know, PewDiePie got banned for covering the topic. Uh, let's see, Winnie the Pooh got banned for being compared Existing. to she. Uh, let's see. They just, hate Winnie. They hate him. They, no, they don't hate Winnie. They hate children. <laughs> and I don't mean the Chinese. I mean the Chinese Communist Party hates children. They don't want them to be happy. Right. We, well, <laughs> we want to remain somewhat factual. We don't know the status <laughs> that, of the hatred of children. <laughs> that was so we're going to slow clear. roll back into gaming. And um, I will say the protest did not affect the Activision side of Activision Blizzard because Call of Duty sales have skyrocketed. And oh, yeah. Call of Duty is pretty much back. We're not going to get too into it. Just look, Call of Duty is Call of Duty. It looks beautiful. It looks pretty. I got to play it still. Not as controversial as I think people were trying to make it out to be because the outrage still in there. There has been some interesting things in that they have changed up certain missions and stories of like XYZ country did this war crime. Mm-hmm. Turns out, no, it wasn't that country. It was America. And now it's even more awkward. Okay. Um, go on. So can I... Just say, um, when I, when, when we first heard about, uh, just, uh, as a callback, when we first heard about, uh, this game coming out, the new Call of Duty, Modern Mm -hmm. Warfare 2, isn't it, right? No, it's just Modern Warfare. Call of Duty. Renaming it. Modern Warfare. The same name as another game in the franchise, which, you know, hey. Why not? Kind of how World War 2 is Battlefield 5. When when we first, uh, heard about this, right, uh... Uh, and, and everyone was like, they were promising, oh, we're going to be real edgy. I made a comment like, hmm, I really wonder what way they're going to go with it, right? And I was thinking in my mind, I was like, I wonder 
if they're gonna really you know do some like wow you know like shock and all like oh god you know war is terrible kind of stuff or if they're just gonna be like america does bad things too you know and like claim that that's like somehow big controversial no one knows this people don't constantly make jokes about america doing terrible things in war drone strike jokes no no one would make that like yeah well, um, well that was the interesting thing about it is that they had the chance to do something like that because there's clear history of um, you know america has done some bad things but in this one they blamed it on russia instead and oh. people who knew the difference they're like hey wait a minute no america did that like clear as day um, we wrote about it in the papers. Like, that wasn't even, like, a secret that was hidden. It was, like, right after it happened, we're like, yeah, we did this. Um, and so some people started to get upset that other people weren't upset about historical <laughs> accuracy like they were in Battlefield Five. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay. well, they complete, like, this was, like, an edit of, like, insert this country here instead of that one. Uh-huh. They made stuff up completely from scratch for Battlefield Five. To be fair, they also... I mean, yeah, there was a lot of stuff made up for Battlefield Five. Um And, and, there was a and lot of the CEO doubled down with, like, some rhetoric that kind of made people more inflamed towards it. Mm-hmm. You know? It was like, oh, you don't like it? Don't buy it. No yeah. one from Activision has said that. Also, I, if I remember correctly, with Battlefield Five, they made a really big deal about how historically accurate they were gonna make it, and blah blah blah. And and with this, I've just heard about how edgy it's gonna be. Yeah, um, and it seems to have been pretty edgy from what I've been heard uh, hearing. So like, I think the edgiest thing I've heard, and sorry if this seems too intense for some people, uh, you don't have to do this in the game. You don't have to do this in the game, but apparently there is an Easter egg. If you shoot the baby in the crib. Yeah, the Easter egg is, it what? says uh, <laughs> something and throws you back. It's it's not it's not a good Easter egg. It, you fail the mission instantly. Yes. Um, but, so there you go. You you did it. You completed the mission. Good job. Back to the ranch. Yeah. Um, Dr. Phil just comes by and sends you to the ranch. There you go. <laughs> They call him the harbinger of death. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, guys, just don't shoot the baby at all. You know, that is a principle I try and live by in my life, is do not shoot babies. That is, you know, like, I, I'll do a lot of things in this world, but shooting babies, eh, just just a little bit below uh, what I'm I'm glad that's of. where but, you draw the line. <laughs> yeah, oh, goodness. But uh, kind of, kind of on that topic, about it being edgy. What, shooting babies? There's actually, there's actually kind of... There's really more on this topic? Um, yeah, dude, there's a lot of meat on this bone. Sorry, come on. Well, no, there's there's a section that's not very edgy at all when you're as you're playing as a uh, like a child trying to escape the war zone, um, as a, as a kind of backstory element. Oh, that's really cool. Like um, that. and so there's there's a whole lot there, and from what I've seen, it's not like you know, ah, I'm only seven years old and I'm going to be the the best human killer on the planet, right? It's from what I saw, it was handled very well. Um, it's a it's a cool backstory um, element. I don't even know if it's a backstory element. I think it, it might just be something that they threw in there. But okay. it doesn't seem that this Call of Duty game is striving to be anything other than than a return to a franchise that was you know previously a little bit more historically minded, a little bit more grounded. Mm-hmm. Well, also, it's a game about 
war. There's nothing PG-13 about war. Mm-hmm. And so I know we were making fun of it earlier, like, oh, this game's trying to be edgy. Or is it trying to be edgy? Um, is war is edgy? David quote 2019. It didn't seem at all to be intentionally. (laughs) Actually. I bumped my mic there. Intentionally edgy. That's what I'm saying. Like, I would say it's just to, I mean, from what I've seen of it, yeah, Mm -hmm. that happens. Like, that's not like a far-fetched thing. Um, They have people getting blown up instead of saved. You can't save the guy. You got to throw him over the edge. And he just blows up. It's like, we don't always save the hostages, unfortunately. You know, and so, yeah, I think they just set out to make a, a modern warfare game. Mission accomplished. And it's paying off for them big time. Yeah, right. big well, time. it looks awesome. It can looks make, like a movie that you can move. Uh, can and I say the, three things? And the acting, really, really good. Go on. Yes, you can uh, say three things, but I will be counting. Okay. One, uh, West claims that there's nothing PG-13 about war. I beg to differ. I've seen some... Uh, propaganda films that you know, just recruitment films, definitely not aimed at sixteen-year-olds at all. I think I think those are pretty PG thirteen. I'm just saying, right? Uh, point two. Um, the the uh, level with the child, I find that very interesting because I I was really wondering because I haven't seen too much about uh this this game, right? Uh, I've, my attention has been focused elsewhere. Um, and I'm really happy to hear that there's some interesting stuff like you know playing as a child trying to escape and stuff like that to me is like oh you know that that's the kind of level that you know i i'm like hey that's intriguing that's interesting i'm glad to hear that they've you know done some legit interesting stuff with it because i when i he- heard them being like oh you know it's gonna be a return to form uh return to form no we're gonna have all this stuff and I, I was just sort of like i hope they actually do and don't like do something dumb uh so that's yeah. good to hear and you know i point three Check this game out, you know? Ooh, ooh, high praise. <laughs> he might check the game out. This is interesting. Yes, riveting content for you, audience. I hope you are pleased. Yeah. Um, Tune in next week to see to see the results of his might checking the game out. <laughs> summation looks good. Um, yeah, it's it's refreshing not to have a Call of Duty game come out. It's other just, games oh, that are bleh. I still feel are worth checking out, but it may not be for everyone. I will admit, though I am hyped up like nobody's business for it is Death Stranding. Now and reviews he, are coming he is in. Hyped, I can confirm. I can confirm. He's Look, very hyped. So I'm, I'm a big Kojima fan, and I'm gonna go into why. Even though I haven't played the game, I feel like I already got it figured out. You know, I think it's going to be a great game. I'll go into that more later. Um, <laughs> the reason why he's already gotten a tattoo on his back. Yes, I have to. I've really got to explain what's happened here. Um, I feel that some of the reviews are coming out are giving it low scores, just so they can be the contrarian and get like their clicks for controversy. Because some of the reviewers that I trust, and pretty much they knock it out of the park every time. They're like. This is a masterpiece. I've seen other critical, uh, well, critics that would critically acclaim this game have been like, yo, this is a masterpiece. Now, some of it you could say is just hype, maybe even paid hype. But I'm hearing enough that it's obviously hitting on all the points for some people and just others, they just don't get it. 
Maybe it's not Battle Royale enough for them. Not enough Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Maybe they need more loot boxes. Maybe it's know. not indie enough. Who knows? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Maybe there's, it's not there's too much enough. action in between the walking. Zero out of ten, not enough bugs. Yeah. So from what now I know we haven't really talked about this game too much before because you guys haven't played too much of Kojima's work. Yeah, yeah I'm not but a, I'm not a when you look at this one <laughs> Kajimster. When you guys look at this one, from what you've seen so far, are you interested? I mean Bro, they had me hooked on uh, on the walking mechanics. I'm not even kidding. Uh, this entire time, the game's been, you know, like, we've been hearing about it, you've been talking about it, West, you know. Mm-hmm. Seeing around, I've been like, hey, you know, that could be pretty good. I don't get this weird, like, baby thing. That's kind of unsettling, but, you know. It could, yeah, could the, be, the could baby be, in the jar. Hey, you know, that, that could be pretty good. You know, like, um, and so, you know, my s- slight hype, I would say. As soon as I hear, because uh, they gave some people, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Sort of pre-release review copies, right? And they they started releasing their reviews. You know, the game's going to come out, in, what, the next week or two? Next uh, week, yeah. Yeah. Um, they've started releasing their reviews. And I don't, you know, I'm, like, I'll skip around and review a little bit. Because I don't want to, I, I want to get, like, the general gist, you know? How, like, what do they think overall? But I don't want to get too many details. I like to be surprised in my games, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um. And I just ended up just listening to um, what's the what what's his name? The guy with the well, Overwatch sword in the background. I can't remember his name. Um, Layman Gaming Skill Up, dude. No. Uh, one of the guys was talking about the walking mechanics and balancing and like ooh all this other stuff. And I have never ever had a game sell me on wa- being a walking simulator. And this <laughs> game managed to do it somehow. I'm like I'm excited to walk in a video game. I'm sold. What can I say? Like enough said. Yeah, I am. Um, I personally, uh, g- games games that have a good story to them, right? Have never interested me. <laughs> um, so you're breaking I, up a little bit. So what was that last part? Oh, games that have a good bit. story. Yeah, uh, they've they've never really you know, interested uh, me. If you can give us a second, Moose, I can try and switch our server region real quick, and hopefully that will uh, fix the problem. Okay. Uh, Everyone hang tight. We're going to exchange some beeps for some boops. The beeps have been booped. Yeah. So hopefully I'll fix it. I Sorry, think, what were you saying? I think that might have made it worse. Has it made it worse? Uh, you sound fine. Keep talking. We'll find out. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, so these kind of story games, narrative games and stuff like that, they've never really interested me. Mm-hmm. It's not that I have anything against story-based games. They just you don't just grab want it to be attention. all about you. You want to play role playing <laughs> games. It's like no, it's my destiny. Eh, not 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 quite. It's just it's not something that's ever really no, caught my attention. So I think I, I nailed I think it. I be, think I nailed it. I think I'm going to be passing this one up pretty pretty easily. Um, not because it isn't like an interesting concept. It just I think that I would play it and be like, okay, I can get what I can get what it is, and then I'd never touch it again. And everyone would go, oh my goodness. Wasn't it a great game? And I'd go, eh, yeah, it was pretty cool. Fair, fair. Now, I guess... Go on. Oh, um, I, I guess I, I am personally a little more drawn towards single-player games. Because to me, uh, I I like games as a social activity, sure. You know, I, I, I uh, you know, play around of Insurgency or Overwatch or War Thunder or whatever with my friends, you know, now and then. 
right? But a lot of times, you know, I, I want to play a game alone and just, you know, listen to some music or, or watch a YouTube video or whatever, you know, just, like, have some me time, right? And one of the great things about single-player games is you, when you're in the middle of a single-player campaign, you have an excuse to tell your friend no when they ask you if you want to play Overwatch. And you, get a, and you get a good story. No, like, I don't mean that a mean way. I just, like, some... I you know, I like the solitary experience of, you know, like, getting into, I guess, the role-play aspect of, you know, like, okay, I'm going to make these decisions and, you know, think from this character's perspective and witness this story and all this stuff. You know, like, I, I really like single-player games, personally. And it does seem to be a good game for enjoying kind of the solidarity to it, right? And the walking. The walking. The sweet, sweet walking. Which, I mean, no, that's that's definitely a good point there, Luca. If, if you can... If you can make just traveling an interesting game mechanic beyond, like, Skyrim, like, how, how the heck am I going to get my horse up this mountain? <laughs> which takes um, me to my next point, actually, which I oh, want to segue right into. So I yeah, just recently it. played um, Shadows of the Colossus. And the Great, thing yeah. about that game is that it really is just a very, very, very simple area puzzle game. That yeah. once you re- figure out how to explore and navigate the area, you just smash a button to beat the boss. Not like a bunch of buttons. Literally one button. It's a one-button game. Um, but the journey in between those bosses, those 12 different puzzles, it has such a cinematic presentation to it. It's one of the, that game is now heralded as a masterpiece among many other games. Now... I think that's what we're going to see with this game, except it turns things up to 11 with um, exploration. Now, the example I was using before the podcast is how, in my opinion, Battle Royale is kind of peak FPS as far as what FPS games can do. I I mean, we were kind of stagnant for a while. (laughs) What's up? I was joking with saying I want to stress that that's Wes's opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, it's my opinion. Um, I could be completely wrong. I think Battle Royale is just kind of peak FPS right now. And I think this game is going to end up being peak exploration. And what I mean by that is once you hit these peak, once you hit this kind of peak, every other developer wants to make some kind of game. That's why we see like nine different Battle Royale attempts right now. And mm-hmm. if for the most part, if you have an FPS it's going to have some kind of Battle Royale-like mode, whether it be 12 people to 99. Everyone's trying something. Close to, anyways. Not everyone, but close to. Yeah, and can I... I, I want to make a point that I, I think it's more than just being, like, peak exploration. Right? I think it's specifically got to do with, like, the open-world exploration style. Right? Yeah. You know, like... like that that too, I think that is a big draw for a lot of people, and definitely including myself. Of an open world game is that aspect of I'm gonna go all over the place and I'm gonna find all the little like details that they dropped into this world, you know. Well, and and, and the reason why I'm calling it peak exploration, I just want to make sure we go down one path before we go sorry. too far off another, is that they make you think about your actual journey, like just how you pack up for a road trip. You have to do this before you set out on this venture to this next point. You have to think about, am I going to come across high terrain, tough terrain? Am I going to come across enemies? Am I going to need to take a ladder with me? All these things you have to consider, and you literally have to decide how you're going to navigate this mountain or this cliffside. 
and you just set forth and explore, navigate how. And so for those people who legitimately like to explore, because sometimes you'll hear about, oh, this is an action-adventure game, and it has exploration. And really exploration is the developers give you shortcuts or side paths that give you little trinkets if you happen to walk down that side path. Yeah. You know? Or this one, it's like, no, exploration is the game. Yeah. That is the thing. And then we throw obstacles, make it harder to explore on the way. And then you you get rewarded for your exploration by arriving to the next destination and then get the next one and so on and so forth. And so I, when I say it's peak exploration, I feel that this will be one of those watershed moments that any open world game or any exploration game has to have this level of detail and mechanics going forward after this one's made. Yeah. Because visually, it already has, it's touching on those notes cinematically. Like, I can't tell you how many times it's had to pause the game in Shadows of the Colossus to be like, wow, this is, this is art. I'm getting to play a painting right now. This looks amazing. I'm seeing that same kind of look and feel from Death Stranding. And, Hollywood people are saying that same thing. Um, Guillermo del Toro has said the same thing. Like, this is like a cinematic masterpiece, but it's a video game. I didn't know you could do this. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, they're doing it. So, for me, it sounds like it's going to be awesome. I I know it's not going to be for everyone, but I didn't think Shadows of the Colossus would be much of anything at first. And really... In its core, it's purely just a puzzle game, but the exploration in between took it up to a whole other level. And so I can only imagine what I'm going to feel with Death Stranding, with exploration, and you're going to have actual combat and and things like that with um, enemies, where in Shadows of Colossus, it was hills, was the most obstacles you came across. Like, oh, I got to go up this cliff instead of that one. I went up the wrong hill. Okay, I'm at the boss now. How do I climb this boss? Okay, stabby, stab, stab. And if I may, that kind of segues into where I was going earlier. Uh, if you Do you mind me mm-hmm. jumping? Yeah, you're fine. Um, so for me, with an open world game like this, and, and that's kind of why I mentioned open world. Uh, if my dog starts freaking out right now. Um, <laughs> one sec. Hush! Uh-oh. Okay. Um, so uh, anyway... Uh, the reason I mentioned open world in particular is it's sort of like West mentioned, where um, y- there are games that's like, oh, there's an exploration aspect. It's like, no, you mean there's like three ways that you can get through this small level, or whatever, right? And one of them will give you like a bonus level or something. Um, which you know, yeah, no, that's exploration. You know, in 1997, that would have been very impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, uh, the thing about that I like I, I adore just like getting into a world and just exploring it, right? Like um when I was a kid, me and my friends used to play this game called Rift. It was an MMO, right? And I spent more time in that game just traversing the world than I did, you know, like actually, you know, raiding or being helpful to my guild or really really anything <laughs> you were supposed to do. Um, because I just liked that aspect of it. And I've never lost that. Every every open world game. But the thing is, in so many of them you just feel like this unstoppable force. There's, like, no real, like, stamina to slow you down, especially if you have any sort of vehicle, you know? Like, you can, like, take Fallout 4 or, like, a game like that, you know? 
Skyrim, you know, you're talking about just go right up the side of a mountain on a horse, you know, it's like, yeah. So I think what intrigues me so much about this is the idea that, like, in and it's uh, the same with Shadow of the Colossus, where the like there's the beauty of the world and traversing through it, and it, it is it evokes a lot of like emotion with its visuals, right? And it is a great game. It is like playing a painting, you know. Watching it is an experience in and of itself. Just watching someone else play it can be very, you know, like wow. Um, but mm-hmm. I like the idea that there's a game that seems to it, it seems like like I said, it's getting me excited about just traversing the world. Cause it looks like that in and of itself will be a challenge and of interest. And like, um, if like, I feel like I'm going to be like, uh, you're talking about all the preparations you have to make and all the stuff you have to take and all this other stuff. I feel like I'm going to be Sir Reynold Fines or Renolf Fines, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like the Arctic Explorer, just like, Oh yeah. Just trekking through. Like I'm, yeah. re- <laughs> I'm really hyped. Yeah. For if some you, people, I think it's going to hit it just right. As I've said in previous podcasts, it's gonna scratch. Even if a game is mediocre on mechanics, if it looks beautiful, I'll give it a shot all the way to the end. Mm-hmm. Like, Something tells me this is gonna have solid mechanics and also look awesome. And and I I guess I'm in a position where even if a game is sort of like mediocre in a lot of other aspects, I'll still give it props if I like the world it built. I I wrote a review for Fallout seventy six and I was like. The game's really buggy and boring and bad, but I I did praise its you know the the map because as far as I had explored it was pretty all right you know there there was some nice touches to me that's a really big deal about an open world game this game looks like that's gonna be like really good on that aspect so you know you're coming at it from hey man it's gonna have great mechanics and the visuals and I'm like it's gonna have great mechanics and a good open world. <laughs> now some people are saying that they already think it's game of the year hands down. But that's not because they're they're not saying that because it's just so awesome. But they're saying that because the other games haven't shown this level of attention, detail, or excellence. Mm-hmm. What you guys know that have come out this year, what do you think? Like if you take Death Stranding off the table, what have you heard might be game of the year? Um I wouldn't uh, be surprised if people name the Call of Duty game just because Yeah. It's, it's I think it's I think it's, it's likely to be named, but um, I, I don't think it's necessarily deserving of it because I, I mean they, they found success by not trying to make Call of Duty something that it isn't right. Yes, they they stuck to an older formula and they were they were true to their original games and that's what gave them success generally. And there's something so I th- I think there is something to be said for that kind of cheat. Uh, well, I I disagree. I think there's something to be said for doing something and doing it right. You know. Especially when it hasn't been done in a while. I, I want to give them props for that, right? But I, I... I don't think it's Game of the Year props. Yes, but I, I, that, I do, yes, I do agree, I agree with, with you point. on that. I think that I want to give them props for that. But I would say that creating something new and fresh and interesting is always going to be better than... You know, it, if well executed, it's always going to be better than uh, you know, creating something tried and true but doing it really well. Right, if they're both mm-hmm. very well done, something new and interesting is going to be better. I'm sorry, to me, from my point of view. Chat um, is saying then, "Untitled Goose Game" for Game of the Year. You know what? Chat has a point. Chat has a point. And, I mean, I think it'll get the indie one, no problem. It might sneak in, just off of pure memetics. No, bro, tu- tuber simulator. No, it's not. That game is not relevant. This game is still relevant. It's God not. Damn. <laughs> And so um, Outer Worlds 
Yeah, that'll be named, I think. Um, I, 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 I haven't got, really heard much about it, though. I, I mean, heard, some some of them, I think, are just going to be nominated just because, like, well, I mean, of course, nominated. I, yeah, but yeah. It's the like, thing is, well, like a nod. I mean, so there's Resident Evil earlier this yeah. year, way earlier. Devil May Cry, I've heard some people suggest it. Eh, I don't but think I think so. that is one of the, that's a classic case of, well, it wasn't bad as the last one. I think it's, Ooh. yeah, I, I think. I <laughs> and think, so it's so, it was so improved over the last one, you know? I think Not you also have like to great. keep in mind, like, the sort of, like, how wide the appeal is. I think the reason that Call of Duty is going to get on there is just because, it, well, it's Call of Duty. And while Devil yeah, May Cry it has a much is a, well, Devil May Cry is a well-known franchise, and it does have a wide fan base. And, you know, if you go to, like, a, a nerdy convention, you're going to see people, you know, like, buying merch for it. And so, you know, the thing is... In the wider populace, it's not going to have the name recognition of something like Call of Duty, which, you know, it, nothing's going to have, well, um, some things will, but, you know, very few things are going to have that name recognition, but you know what I mean. It's, it's a little bit more niche, and I feel like that's mm-hmm. kind of handicapped it on top of maybe not being as good as some other games. You know? Well, hold up. I just now remembered. Um, Red Dead Redemption 2 is coming out for PC this year. Yes. So technically, it's eligible yeah. Once again, right? That's a that's a. I I don't think so personally. That's sneaky. Like that, I mean, like, it, I don't. It, it's a question of is it eligible? Because it was second place to get God of War last year. Yeah, but can, I can't see it being better than Death Stranding. True. Personally, also, wait a minute. Okay, now I, I mean, I, let's I, be honest. The guy who runs uh, what's his name? I think it's Jeff Keighley. God, if I got his name wrong, sorry. Um, <laughs> he's friends with Kojima, so it's kind of in the back. Like he's gonna have to give it to Kojima. Um, I don't. Yeah, I what I what I'll say is nothing. There, there's been a lot of games this year that have caught my eye in a big way, right? More so than uh, I guess the last couple of years, um. But just as far as, like, from what I've seen from, like, just the raw, like, gameplay and, and I guess, how would you say? Just everything I've seen from it. Death Stranding, to me, looks like it has the best shot of getting it. it you know, mm-hmm. I, if I played every game, big game that came out this year, it might not be my favorite, but it has the hype and it. Ha- it's gonna have like the deep story you know or at, you know even if it's not a deep story which I, I have no reason to believe it won't be plenty deep even if it's not that deep people will interpret it to be deep you know if there's nothing I mean people people made like endless series about Five, Night, uh, Five Nights at Freddy's okay like yeah it, people are gonna interpret it to be deep right um and it has like all this new like really sort of like outlandish new mechanics and from everything we've heard they work pretty well so it's got that going for i just don't see anything else that has as much going for it from what i've been able to tell i think it probably is gonna get it i'm not really sure what's gonna get it but i i think that um devil may cry yes it is popular it's not popular enough compared to call of duty um yeah no outer world seems to be people sitting and applauding 
Good game. Good game. I've heard some people. I don't not think it's like had a, well, also, as much of an impact as Call of Duty to and, to really say anything. Because a lot of people are saying it's just Fallout New Vegas two. Yeah. In a sense. I was gonna um, say, are they just excited that they get to another chance to stick it to Bethesda for messing up <laughs> Fallout? Like, ah, we don't need you anymore. We've moved on. Yeah. I, I think that's definitely an aspect of it. And but to be like, fair, I have really I have matter? heard people that were disappointed by it. Sorry, you can go on. No, no, no. I was, I was clearly interrupting you. Go on. Um, I, I just wanted to say, like, I, I think you're definitely right there. I think there is, like, maybe, yeah, there's going to be the aspect of, like, hey, you know, Blizzard, go things yourself, you know, or whatever. Like, But there's also <laughs> going to be the aspect of just, like, the nostalgia sort of hype for uh, Obsidian. Just, like... Bro, they made so many good games. It's got to be a great game. Whereas I've heard some people go, I mean, it's good, but it's not that good. And I've heard people go, yeah. it's so good. You know, like it, it's, it's got its fundamentals. It's it does its it it does its job. It's probably what the other game should have been for the last couple of years. You know, it bees a video game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it it just it seems like the kind of thing that people are gonna say it's really really good, but it's nothing. It's nothing new, and it's not particularly popular um, in in comparison to Call of Duty, of course. Um, yeah. So really, I, I do think discounting Red Dead Redemption 2, because I think that is a... It would be so sneaky for them to get a game of the year off of an already released game. Yeah, um, I'm just not sure the rules I do think it's because... going to be between uh, no. Death Stranding and Call of Duty. Can I, can I make two points? Mm-hmm. One, I think the fact that Death Stranding is coming out so late in the year gives it a big advantage because it's definitely quite likely definitely. that the hype won't have died down by the time they decide. More importantly, uh, Fortnite Season 2 for Game of the Year, please. No, <laughs> oh. Not at all. And I, that, that was, and that I was root the for biggest Fortnite, and this was like... Flat fall. Yeah. Big yeah, marketing I, stunt. I, and, uh, I wanted this was to just Game like, of the Year ugh. just because people hate the marketing stunts so Nah, that's like, okay. Can we wait? No, no, D- d- different. And I think it approach. is important just to say the only reason that we're even talking about Death Stranding, even though it's not out yet, is because reviews have come out from a lot of people, and the vast majority of them have been talking about how revolutionary it is as a game. Yeah, and I have I have faith in that, and I and I'm familiar with Kojima to the extent where I don't think it's going to be another Metal Gear Survive situation, and nobody said it was. Um. And that wasn't even him, was it? No, that they um they that, took that was his, them taking, pretty much taking took his, his IP, IP or his idea. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. anyway, I I think that if if there were no reviews out, we would say, oh, maybe Death Stranding. But um, I just I just want to make that clear because because we don't want to. I, I I mean I don't want to come off as a big fan of Hideo Kojima where I haven't l- played a single one of his games. I've mm. played a little bit, but I'm not but, like a. But you recognize his greatness. I recognize that he is a well-respected game developer. Michael Jordan of uh, game I, development. I, I recognize the sheer potential <laughs> in the limited amount of material that I have allowed myself to consume surrounding Death Stranded. I That's mean, you literally have, you have masters of other mediums say that this guy is a master of masters. Yeah. But we'll see, though. We'll see. Yeah, no. Because that being it, said, it like, I'm not, like, I'm a Kojima fan, but if this game is, like, so-so, I'm like... Oh, you guys have just you've been drinking the Kool Aid. I'm gonna call it out for sure. So, yeah. 
that being said, though, with um, I think we had one more story, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. I was uh, going to say, uh, epic reviews. Yeah, speaking of Fortnite season two, epic. <laughs> yeah. So, um, the the pitchforks are still sharp. They have not let up. People still hate epic. They hate epic so much that even though the Outer Worlds had an exclusivity deal with Epic, they also are available on Microsoft Game Pass for $1. People were still saying, no, I'm going to pirate the game. Just because they worked with Epic. Exactly. Just because they worked with Epic. Because it's like, that's just stupid and childish. Um, and so there's that, and then all these other complaints about the Epic Game Store, about how they don't have XYZ that Steam has. Well, Epic is slowly starting to compete. I mean, they need to go a little faster, not going to lie. But they do have a review section now, and they, well, not now, but they're going to have one soon. And then wishlist features, yeah. kind of basic features, to be honest. It should not have taken this long. It's they should like have had year. those on launch. They should have, yes, but I think, let's be honest, it's almost like they, they had the idea in place, did not have the personnel. Because sometimes these things, like, you literally have to have the know-how in their building because it's not like it's not like these companies have like oh yeah we just have this program drop down menu no we have a wish list now no they got to build this stuff by scratch and if they don't have anyone on their team that's done this kind of thing they have to train them or go find someone um but yeah a lot of this stuff should be uh, going a little faster but they do have reviews coming in but it's through open critic and so it's not necessarily people can't do direct reviews, correct? It's got to go um, through this other third-party processor. So what? from what I've seen, okay, I, I want to just get the wish list out of the way real quick because I don't want mm. anyone to be like, oh, they didn't cover the wish list. The wish list, it's, it's a wish list. You add things to it, so you, you save them for later. Done, right away? Okay, good, cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> now the interesting part is the review function. Cause this has been something that people have been harping on for forever, right? It's like this and the fact that you can't buy multiple things at once. Those have been like the two things that people have been like re over that I've heard a lot. Right. Yeah. Um, now there, you know, reviews, right? It, simple, simple concept, right? You know, like eBay has them, Amazon has them, Steam has them, like it, you know, most e-commerce services have user reviews. You know, you buy the product, it's good or it's bad or it's mediocre, and you know you have the opportunity to generally give it a star rating and then a brief description. You know, as to why or not so brief in the case of some people as to why you gave it that rating. Right? Simple concept. This is seems to be all people want in this category. And Epic's mm-hmm. like, okay, we're gonna concede. We're gonna we're gonna give you reviews, but for some reason. Right? Because my defense of them so far has been you can always just go to Metacritic, right? For some reason, their solution isn't, hey, the these exclusivity games where, like, you know, this is the only place where user reviews could be, you know, like, easily accessed and hosted and you couldn't go, you know, wouldn't have to go to another third-party site. Rather than that, we'll have, like, review sites, their scores will will take a service, right? That's basically kind of like Metacritic, you know, it, it takes a bunch of, you know, different website scores for the game and, and, you know, gives the game like an overall score. And then we'll have snippets of their views, right? And this will solve the problem, except for it won't. Well, 
Let's why? be honest. It, it's because like, the player uh, base is going to do the new tactic, which is review bomb. Yes. They'll figure out a way whether they bought the game or not, which is, I still don't know how they haven't figured out that problem. Unless people are literally buying the game to review it long enough to then demand a refund or something. Mm-hmm. Um, they just don't want to see that. Or they probably don't even want to be touched with that as like an argument for every single game that comes up. Of like, hey, we're not allowed to review bomb this one because blah, 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 you know. And so we'll see. But I got to say, at this point, I'm running out of sympathy for the Epic Game Store because uh, they promised a lot on that roadmap. And um, <laughs> they delivered maybe two things over a year, as far yeah. as I can recall. You, you got the money, you need to pick it up. Um, especially since you're causing a lot of heat for these developers. I mean, it's twofold. You're sitting, you're writing them fat checks, and you're covering their livelihoods for years. But also, people are threatening to take those livelihoods. And, and their lives. <laughs> and it's like, it comes to a point, is this company, yeah, take their livelihoods and their lives, is this company doing everything they can do to butter gamers up to the idea of using the Epic Game Store? I still think it's great. As I've said before, I'm biased towards Epic because I I'm buying what they're saying or what they're selling as far as this is better for game devs because we take a smaller cut. Um, you also see examples of them writing fat checks to indies to help them stay afloat and to where they've said not only did this cover us for the development of this game, this gives us enough money to continue to develop other games. And it's yeah. like, well, that, well, well, that's just amazing. You know, that's like getting that Sony treatment but without being owned by Sony, you know? Yeah. Not saying that Sony treats people bad, but, like, once you're in, you're in, for the most part, with them. Now, um, we don't have much time here uh, left before we're probably going to wrap up, but I, I did want to get one thing in, all right? Mm-hmm. Which is, you were saying that, to be fair, there is a good argument for not having straight-up user reviews on the Epic Game Store, right? Which is that, yeah, people are going to review bomb any exclusive game on there because re-exclusivity i don't want to download the epic games launcher or support epic or whatever and that's fair but i think the reason this bothers me so much is that if you're going to capitulate in this fashion why do it at all because all this is going to do is make people go ah see they're afraid to have honest user generated reviews they want to have the professional games journalists who we do not trust as a class or something i just it just hit me they should it's like just they should do their user reviews because the people who are so fervently against downloading a game launcher will have to download the game launcher to put in the reviews (laughs) and then once that that is 500 iq right there once they're there they're gonna notice wait epic just gives you free games every two weeks because you're a PC owner? That's it. Now, I, I will say it is pretty funny, though, to assume that... I mean, I'll be honest, at least personally, I don't find the Steam reviews particularly helpful 90% of the time. Um, it, it's... The, the oh, review system that Steam has isn't necessarily helpful, and so it's almost impressive that they've found a way to make a less helpful review system. I I don't know. I, I 
think I might actually debate you a little bit on that point about Steam's review system. Because the thing is, I like individual user reviews, yeah, sure, they're pretty generally not helpful. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm talking about. Because like, when the, you're uh, buying something like on curated Amazon... Curated reviews or whatever it's called? Not even that, right? But, you know, when you're buying something on Amazon, you can generally go to, like, the one-star reviews and you can figure out, okay, what generally goes wrong with this product or whatever, mm-hmm. right? You can't really do that as easily with a video game because uh, a lot of times it's just going to be people complaining about, like, really nebulous things, like, oh, there's hackers, but... Exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Stupid so, game broken. To, to be fair, though... I think that the fact that they have overall and recent uh, as things you can see uh, just immediately really easily in the top uh, right when you click on a game uh, profile. And you can click on the details even more and see, like, not just recent, but, like, other stuff of, like, here's when... Yeah, they did yeah. this update. Here's when. Yeah, exactly. Few bombs. See, see, that's the thing. Is that I think that's very helpful because it tells you, okay, is this a good game? You know, if it has an overall positive score, yeah, it's probably a pretty good game. And it has like mixed reviews more recently. Oh, the community's whinging because they balanced something. Okay, mm-hmm. or they haven't fixed the bugs. They'll be fixed in two weeks. You know, like they're, they're just. They're I, just as I a think inherent... it's an overall pretty good system. But I think I don't think it seems fault that the general user base's negative reviews, in particular, are always useless. Yeah, it's it's a it's just an inherent problem with the with the system, where. I would say, being for being kind of kind of gracious with it, half of the reviews are are Useless. worthless besides thumbs up or thumbs down. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, a lot of them are just like dear diary. In in defense of Steam, with all the with all the useless reviews, where it's like game bad, game broken, hackers or whatever, right? You got to keep in mind that you know. They're selling to an audience that, you know, is largely children who are going to be really salty, right? And mm-hmm. when they're just bad of at the course. game, they're going to blame hackers, right? You know, we were we were all 10 once, okay? Like, come on. Um, and then the other issue is that a lot of times when people are like, oh, game be buggy, why no fix? They This is generally by people who probably don't understand the process involved in fixing bugs or whatever. <laughs> you know, that that's an issue, but, you know. Yeah. I think I think that's enough said, you know, like eh they capitulated but eh with how they did it, you know. It's a, it's a double eh. It's an eh eh. And on that note, <laughs> we go ahead and wrap up now that we've <laughs> reduced the podcast to grunts and noises. Um tune thanks for dropping how in this far week. Fallen. How far we've fallen. Yeah, thanks for tuning in this week. It's been Kind of slow. Got something tells me something's gonna happen on BlizzCon. The moment we get off this podcast, we have to oh, wait goodness. another week to tell you guys about it. But <laughs> hopefully, uh, it's something productive. Uh, thanks for the commentary, um, points in the chat, and everything. Remember, we're here every week, two p.m. Eastern. Another thing is, if um, you are on our Minecraft server, hope you've been enjoying yourself on there. I know, personally, I have to say, I will apologize for all the smack I've ever talked about Minecraft, because it's awesome. I've been playing it way more than I thought it would be. I've been, yes, one of us, one of us, yeah. For sure, like, uh, yeah, what was I saying? Like, what was I saying all these years? Minecraft is meh. 
I get it. I get it now. I'm converted. However, there's other games I got to keep playing. But for what we've been doing on this uh, server so far, I've been having a blast with it. Um, I've had people like Rimbo, one of our Patreon supporters, actually. He's been a big, big help um, in showing me a thing or two. There's so much you can do in that game, so much to learn. Um, it's been a blast playing with those who have been playing with so far. It's, I mean, it's still a small group, but we all got like our little neighborhoods and kingdoms and stuff going on. The Chicken Kingdom with Funky Finch, also another Patreon supporter. Um, looking forward to heading over there to take it over. I mean, to visit that Chicken Kingdom <laughs> Sunday. Watch your language. Some people like Moose. He's on there. I hadn't even seen his home yet. We'll see how it goes. It turns out that maybe Moose is the elusive one in Minecraft. Yeah, I'd, I'd well, dig a uh, hole in the dirt every day. <laughs> I'm not elusive at all. I I picked a mountain and then hollowed it out, and uh, I'm building some pretty cool stuff there. I'm gonna post up some pictures of progress on the community forums, which and, you've, and you've come across maybe? this podcast. Yeah, yeah, the Instagram too. That's a good point. It's a good point. Um, I feel like once I post those pictures, though, like the real Minecraft professionals that have built like the Taj Mahal. With like yeah, they're, they're, working TV, with working TVs in the rooms and stuff. It's like, what? How is this even possible? Redstone, my dude, Redstone. Um, so yeah, I've been having a blast. If you guys want to join in, join our community uh, heavy shelf club, community.heavyshelf.com. You'll see it, Minecraft, and then reach out to me, West, or Azariah. He is the Minecraft admin. And then, hey, join us on the Discord as well, because that's where we're mostly going to be in voice if we're all playing together. Again, thanks for dropping in on this one, and we'll see you again next week.